Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana, where I have a suburban garden measured in square feet. And I'm Dean Ash from Guthrie, Oklahoma, where I garden on several acres out in the country. We call ourselves Garden Angelus because we are evangelists for gardening. We love gardening, and we want others to love it, too. Yes, we do, and we aren't afraid to spill the beans and tell all of our gardening secrets. The good, the bad, and even the ugly. But that's enough of who, what, when, where. Let's move on to this week's episode. Hello, Carol. Hello, Dee, and welcome to winter. <laughs> we should tell everyone we have been having technical difficulties this morning. I guess. So our... Take 75. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, it's cold outside. It's cold outside here, and it's cold outside there. It is. So what did you do in the garden? Oh, this weekend? Yeah. Uh, I mowed the lawn for the last time for the second time. Okay. I'm not even going to talk about that. Since it was nice. So is it snowing today? We had some spits of snow, and it's the kind of stuff that sort of shows up in the cracks in the sidewalk, but then it's pretty well gone. It's just cold and miserable looking out there. Yeah, we're up to 43 now, so we're, we're coming up, but we were 25 this morning. So I hear we got new listeners in Florida. We do. I think we do. Uh, I was on a radio program with Teresa Watkins in your backyard in Florida, and she says she is um, syndicated on 24 stations in Florida and Georgia. So if we have any listeners that are joining us, welcome to the podcast. Yes, welcome. We're glad you're here. So you're chatting about your books. Chatting about the books and, you know, they always want to know how cold it is so they can kind of rub it in how warm it is down there. But they are expecting really abnormally cold weather this week. So they were all kind of concerned about frost and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would be a problem if you had only tropical plants, uh, but. It would be a problem. What'd you do this weekend in your garden? I worked really hard on the landscape. We got all of the twigs blown out of our front yards and the acorns. My gosh, the twigs and acorns. So when we when all those trees came down, everything came down with them. And even after you get rid of the big limbs, you've got so many small ones. We got all that done. Bill and I actually shoveled them into a cart and he put them in the brush pile. And then he came back and swept up the leaves with a, it's a, it's on our mower. It's a mulching thing. So, and then, let's see, what else did I do? Oh, I worked in the potager, and I got rid of all the tomato cages, and they're all stored away. Not got rid of, stored them, so that they would not be out in the weather, so they would not rot quicker. And I put a bunch of the smart pots away, and I used some of the potting soil in my garden beds where the soil had settled. And I'm also watering in the greenhouse every couple of days. I'm a little busy. You are busy. You know what else I did yesterday? I don't know. I cleaned out the gutters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, and this is buyer beware, I guess. So we didn't have a lot of tall trees. So for years, you didn't have to worry. There wasn't, nothing, there wasn't anything in the gutters. But a couple of years ago, I hired these guys to clean out the gutters. Mm-hmm. And I swear all they do, did was blow out loose leaves because this is going to be gross. I could have grown plants in the dirt that was in the gar- gutters that I had to scoop out. It's horrible. So you've got bigger trees now, so that's why you had leaf mold in your gutters. Yeah, I had. Yeah, it had it had turned into soil. Yeah, because there's nothing better for soil than leaf mold, right? So 
But it's all cleaned up now, ready for winter. Good news. Good news. Well, we're both really busy, and some more bulbs showed up today from Brent and Becky's. I don't even remember ordering these, but I know I did it. There's some Irish reticulata. Some different varieties. So I was just going to ask, are they inside or outside? But it sounds like you're going to plant those outside, although you could force them inside if you wanted to. Yeah, I think they're kind of hard to force. But what I could do is put them out there in the cold frames with my... Um, with my hyacinths that I've got out there in pots and just do it that way and bring them in in like March or whenever they normally bloom. That is an excellent idea. And so you could make that your garden commission this week. I'll, I'm still working okay. on mine. That works for me. So I'm ready for the first quote. Are you ready for the first quote? I am ready. Can I read it or are you? I would like for you to read it. Okay. Flowers always make people better, happier, and more helpful. They are sunshine, food, and medicine for the soul. Luther Burbank. How'd you like that one? I liked it. I like it. I like Luther Burbank. I think he think he's right. I think flowers pe- make people better, for sure. Maybe we should just hand out flowers to everyone. Yeah, you could just, yeah. You could be like Eliza Doolittle and hand out flowers at the, you know, I don't know why she came to mind. Because wasn't she like the flower girl that was... You know, selling flowers down at the Piccadilly Square. I don't know. You know. I don't know, Carol. I don't know anything about Eliza Doolittle. That's one I'm not familiar with. You know, from My Fair Lady. I have seen it once a long time ago. Okay. Sorry. Well, the reason I picked that quote is because we're talking about trends that we saw in garden design. We thought we'd talk about a few of them. So we're talking about trend number eight, they call it, which is adding more houseplants. It said everybody's adding more houseplants. I said that's an obvious trend. <laughs> yeah. We've already talked about there was going to be a shortage of houseplants. Yep. And and the problem is the grower, it takes a, it, it's not like you can start a tomato seed and then in six weeks you have a plant you can sell. You got to grow these houseplants on a little bit. They got to be pretty well rooted. Right. And so that's that's a bit of a problem for them to meet the new demand that they're suddenly seeing because they don't have the plants ready. And so if they ship them out too early, you're going to get some bummer plants. Too small. Yeah, I have a bummer plant. I think I finally killed it. But that's that's another story. It was one that came to me not very well rooted. And I tried to put it in a different pot and... It did not like that pot. It did not like being moved, and it just decided to give up the ghost. And I thought, you know, I have a lot of house plants. It's okay. It's okay, people. When you kill stuff, it's okay. It is okay because, and we say it's okay because we <laughs> we have collectively and individually killed thousands of plants, no doubt. Oh, sure. Yeah, I think everybody does who gardens. So remember last year when I became addicted to red aglaonemas. I do, and because of that, I have three of those red Valentine ones sitting here on my windowsill. I'm looking at them right now. Ask me why I have three of them, Dee. Why do you have three of them? Because I got a great big one, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to divide those things up and put them in three different containers. And son of a gun, it worked. They're still alive. They're growing. They look pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty easy, and I love them. I still love them. They look great with poinsettias. And other things. They look great with everything. So I only killed one. Uh, there was one I couldn't keep alive. I mean, it's on its last little piece. 
And it's a green and white one, and it just doesn't want to live here, and I'm tired of messing with it. I've noticed that sometimes they will rot off at the top of the soil. So, but back to the um, the problem about talking about this is we might want more plants, but I've, I'm out of room. Well, uh, I'm not necessarily out of room. I think I could find a few more places. You know, there's a foot on each side of these uh, red valentine plants, okay. so I could get two more in here. But here's the real problem. So today it's 32 degrees outside. And if you go to buy a true tropical plant, getting it sometimes from your, from the greenhouse or the garden center into your car, you got to take it straight home because even a little bit of chill on those can set them back pretty good. Yeah, it can. So you really have to be careful. So what are you going to do when you buy, will you buy a poinsettia this year? Well, I will. If I see one that really speaks to me and says, wow, because I wasn't going to buy one one year. And then I saw one with variegated leaves and I thought, oh, I want that one. Right. And I I saw it at a Walmart of all places. Yeah. You just never so I know. snatched it up. You never know where you're going to find I, stuff. So the reason I asked that is that's a case where even here, because it gets cold at Christmas time, um, we have to double bag them so that we don't. And you don't want to leave them in your car while you're doing Christmas shopping. You got to get home with them because they're tropicals. Yeah. It's like frozen food. You got to get it home before it thaws. Except for the opposite because now we're talking about cold. Exactly. Summer. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. Well, we believe that this is a trend and that people will want house plants. And I think, you know, right now they're going to go after the Christmas plants, like you said, the poinsettias. And I'm always looking for hellebores that are grown as house plants and uh, Christmas cactus, whatever. But then in January, when people have cleared out all the Christmas decor, I think they're going to go nuts trying to get houseplants. That's when I always get the mood. In January or February? Yeah, then it's like, I need more houseplants. I think I have about 30 right now, so I don't need any more. I'm good. Uh, We don't count things like this, Dee. We just kind of, we don't. Okay, we won't count them then. You want to do the quote? Okay, I'll do this next quote. Always do your best. When you plant now, you will harvest later. Ogmandino. Ogmandino. Isn't he like a positive speaker guy? Probably. I think what he's talking about planting is, you know, good habits or whatever. But it works for plants too. So our next trend was, was, we're using it under our veggie section. And it is that gardening sustainably, which, again, I think this is an obvious trend. Yeah, this is a trend. I mean, it, in some ways, it kind of goes back to the minimalist movement to really reduce your footprint and only get what you really need. Right. And I think I think it's a bit of an overused term, don't you? Yeah. I mean, what does it mean to you? For me, it means just not being wasteful, if possible. That's, that's what it means to me, not being wasteful and uh, trying to keep stuff out of the landfill. So we have some ideas about how to be sustainable in the garden if you're trying to be, and I think it is good to try to be. So reuse yep. what you have, what you can in the garden. Um, and what I thought of when we talked, to, well, when we wrote about this was buy good tools and then take care of them. Don't waste tools. Don't waste money on cheap tools that instantly break and end up in the landfill. True that, and we have spent. Significant money on tools, you and I. Yes. And it even goes in one of my books, and I can't remember which book it was in. I wrote that 
I won't sell cheap gardening tools even at my garage sale because what if somebody buys it and it breaks and they're put off of gardening forever? Well, you're taking a lot of responsibility, but hey. I cannot have that responsibility. <laughs> so I put it in my book. You will not, if, if there's a tool for sale at a garage sale, look, I hate garage sales. Um, but if you were to come here on a garage sale, believe me, if I sold a tool, it'd be a darn good one. Okay, and then the next one was reduce what you use in the garden. And what I thought of there was don't waste water and other finite resources. Right, water water responsibly. Yeah. So here you would use drip irrigation. Where you live, you don't have to water as much. Yeah, only water when you absolutely need to, which we do get dry spells in the summer, but, you know, don't panic the first time that the, as they say, the proverbial zucchini Leaves look all wilted in the afternoon. It just means they've transpired more water than they took up, but they will recover overnight. That's in Indiana, people. If your zucchini look wilted in Oklahoma, it means you have squash bugs, and they're probably on the last end of their lives. But, you know, just remember to water, water with drip, figure out how you're going to water ahead of time. And also, I thought about peat moss, um, peat moss potting soil. There's There's a real movement to use less peat moss because it's kind of a, it's renewable resource, but it's thousands of years to renew it. Exactly. And so reuse part of your potting soil. I know that in the past, garden writers have told people that they should never reuse any of their potting soil because of, you know, microorganisms that are bad and stuff like that. The truth is I reuse about two thirds of mine every year. And then I put yes. in a third. It's kind of hogwash to think about reusing all that potting soil, especially if you have big containers. There is no way I'm rebuying all that potting soil. Reuse, reuse, reuse. And what you don't use, put it on the compost pile. Right. Using the compost pile, I put it in on top of my soil because all those potting soils that I bought this year for the tomatoes, they were really good potting soil and they were made of all kinds of good things. All right. Recycle. Reuse things in the garden like plastic salad containers or those payway containers. Those payway to go containers are the best for seed starting. I don't even know what a payway con- container is. Do you have payway up there? I don't think we do. Oh, what okay. Is it? Payway is a really wonderful, um, small, it's a Asian food restaurant. And a lot of people are getting to go food right now because of the pandemic. And so payway has wonderful, strong, containers and you can reuse them a bunch of times and I use them to make you know like in the beginning of the year when I'm getting ready to grow lettuce or whatever yes those are um we don't have any payways but I know what you're talking about some places have really really good plastic containers not that styrofoam stuff no um and those are great for seed starting also great if you're going to grow microgreens inside they're perfect for that because usually they have a clear top and the black is the bottom's black. Be sure to poke holes in the bottom of them, you know. Right. And then by the way, does it have to be said that once you use a container like that for growing something, you should not use it for food anymore? No, for one thing you've poked <laughs> holes in it too. <laughs> so all your food's gonna come out and be dirty. Yeah. Okay, and then repurpose and Well, I was gonna go back to say oh, if you I'm can't sorry. reuse the container, you know, look at the plastics and see what number it has. You can throw it in the recycle bin. And then around here, there are some master gardeners and things. They will take plastic containers to reuse for their plant sales and things. 
That's a great idea. And I try to reuse all of my plastic containers. Um, if I buy stuff at the potting store, I reuse those. I put them in a 10% bleach solution and start seeds. Because, you know, this is a little known fact. This is a little known fact, Dee. Those plastic nursery containers, if you yeah. leave them in a pile in your patio, they double. They will double in number. Oh, they're like socks. Yeah, suddenly it's like, well, I didn't think I had that many. And then the next mm-hmm. thing you know, it's like, wow, I got a lot of containers. You can also here take your uh, containers to a couple of local nurseries and to Lowe's, and they will reuse them or recycle them for you. So that's another idea, too. What about repurpose? Yes. You can repurpose things. You can repurpose things. You can use bamboo stakes for things, and you can use window blinds uh, to make labels for your plants and if you use a sharpie you have to push it down into the soil so that the stuff doesn't come off in the sun um, because the sun's too strong here but that does work and i did it for years yes and then uh, a lot of people have a they'll use like an old kid's wagon or a kitchen colander as a planting container i've never had much luck with those but uh, I see it all the time, and I think, oh, that's really cute. But then I realize they probably planted it up for the picture, and then it doesn't really grow after that. So be careful about some of those reused containers. Yeah, some things, yeah, doesn't work. So you were going to talk about your brother-in-law. Well, my brother-in-law carves bowls and vases and things out of all kinds of different wood. So he ends up with all these chippings from his, his wood carving. And uh, yep. I've gotten several bags of that which i used some of it where i wanted to just like kill weeds and it did a good job of of uh suppressing the weeds and then i got some more just this past weekend and i have a path through this one garden that always has trouble with dandelions in it and i'm starting to put them along that path but they're free Uh and yeah free my sister can no she's like i can't use any more at the moment (laughs) So I'm like, I'll, I'll take a couple bags. So I get this text and he says, got two more bags. I'm like, what are you making? That's good. That's good. Wow. Um, I wish I had somebody who gave me a little wood shavings. That'd be nice. So we also here use our leaves. I mentioned this briefly at the beginning, I think. But the, since this is the third time we've recorded this, I don't really know anymore. So I'm going to say it again. So we run over our leaves with a mulching mower. And we also have a big giant leaf shredder because I live on seven and a half acres. And no, I don't use all the leaves. I leave some for the lightning bugs. It's just the ones that are on the grass. I get rid of those. Anyway, long story short, the shredder broke the other day for good. It threw a bearing. I've had it for since 2008. Nice. And so um, this time we use the mulching mower and Bill's on the lookout for a new one. So we'll see. Yeah, so that shredder, you got to take it to like a... Uh, metal recycling or someplace like that if it no you know what bill will do he'll park it in the upper pasture and pretend it's not there that's what bill will do i love bill but that's just him that's just oh, gosh. so when we get those leaves we pile them up and let them break down and then i use that leaf mold in my beds and i think that's one reason i have some success well i i i did the same thing i mulched up all the leaves covered the vegetable garden beds and then through the rest of the season i just used the mulching mower and just keep running over them and crunching them into little pieces leave them on the grass because here well i mean at least where i live there's too many oak leaves and they're just too thick 
too fibrous. And if you don't break them up, they will never, they'll just pack down and not do what they're supposed to do. Very good. So that is sustainability in the garden. Trend number eight. And we have another quote. We do. You want to do it or me? Winter is a season of recovery and preparation. Paul Thoreau. I like that. I like it too. I always need to recover. And I thought it went well with our book, Beautiful Winter, Holiday Wreaths, Garlands, and Decorations for Your Home and Table by Edel Katerina Norman. D, I do not have this book. You have this book. Convince me. I do have this book. It is a beautiful book. It's little. Um, it's Okay, so it came out in 2012, and it's a series of garden projects that you can make during the winter months. And a lot of this, I suspect that um, Edel is Scandinavian or Dutch. And I don't think she, I was going to see if there was anything in her about here, about her. But basically, she teaches you how to do all kinds of things. How to make wreaths with natural things out of your yard, like pine cones cool. and such. And she also shows you how to make, I mean, just all kinds of things. And that's a real tradition in Scandinavia, here's a moss heart she made. I'm looking at a picture of a lovely moss heart. That is pretty. It's green. It's pretty. And so you bring these things indoors. And on that one, that looks like reindeer moss to me. And so I'm going to guess that she bought that moss. Because, you know, you can buy reindeer sheet moss. Right. Well, here, I know where there's moss growing in my garden. Uh-huh. I finally, I, you know, after years and years, I have oh, enough fun. shady spots. And I do like to bring that moss in in the winter and just like have it like a little pincushion on a on a little pot or something and just pet it. Because it's just something green to have in your house. Right. And it stays green all winter. So she also shows one of the reasons we like this. It's kind of like a, a Pinterest in a book. And there are Advent wreaths and an Advent log. Um, that she makes and it's just they look like the ones from Scandinavia it's a very pretty little book it would make a great gift is what we were thinking yeah that would be a good gift for somebody especially if they had just moved into their home and this was their first winter yeah and if they if they're a gardener and they miss gardeners really really miss their gardens in winter about January they do pretty well until after Christmas after the holidays and then they start to get weird and I get it I'm right there with them. They do start to get weird. <laughs> but so anyway, that was our book. Let's say the title again. Beautiful Winter, Holiday Wreaths, Garlands, and Decorations for Your Home and Table by Edel Katerina Norman. And we will have a link in our show notes. So speaking of things to keep gardeners sane in the wintertime, you made a discovery on TV. Yeah, and I don't even know how I found it. Um, Mar- Martha Stewart has a new show out. It's This is the second season, but she filmed it all this year during the pandemic while she was at home. And I think she's still at home. Um, but the ones I've watched, they're in day 80, which we're way past day 80 now. Um, it's a lot. It's on HGTV and you can download it, which I did. Or it's on Hulu if you want to pay for it over there. And I'd say it's a lot like her earlier show. But she does have guests by Zoom. And what I enjoyed seeing was her farm. She's lived there 17 years at this location. And I also like that she's kind of sassy. She's bossy, you know, Martha. 
She's right. always bossy, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, the show is Martha Knows Best. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, she's really sassy also, and, and some of that made me laugh. And she works a lot with Ryan, her gardener. But I have to say, some of her gardening information is out of date. Can you believe I'm saying that on her? I believe you're saying that, and you were texting me, and you said that Martha was rototilling up the garden. Her vegetable. She bed. was. She was rototilling the vegetable bed till she was using a, a good tiller, but still, she's t- rototilling. And then she's also double, like she rototills it first, and then she has Ryan make paths by pour, you know, taking and shoveling the soil out of the paths into the bed. And it is really pretty, but what does all that rototilling do? It is messing with the earthworms and the soil microbes and everything, and so. We used to yeah. do that as a kid. My dad would till the garden in the spring and create the paths. But, man, that's not what you do today. Today you have raised beds and you leave that garden soil alone and just rough it up enough to be able to remove the weeds plant. and then plant. Yeah. And I, I'm i kind of surprised that she's still doing that. So there was that. And then she had a little segment where she – the funniest part of it is is where she calls – where they call people who have asked questions on HGTV and then they put her on because nobody expects that. Uh-huh. And so it's very funny. And she does give good advice. But then she was talking to Snoop Dogg. Except Dog, for the tilling her, part. <laughs> that, yeah, d- yeah. Although most people have raised beds. So there's hardly, I mean, unless you're going to go out and plant a brand new bed and you have to rototill out the grass, I just can't imagine. But anyway, that's just too much trouble, too much work, not good for the soil web. Ugh. And so um, this was weird. So she had Snoop Dogg on, and he was planting a tomato, and he had a whole series of containers, and she had him put it in a small terracotta container that was about a 12-inch one. Too tiny, too tiny. It's never going to do much. Should have been a great big one. Great yeah, big one. Why, why didn't she do a five-gallon container at least? I mean, I don't know. I, d- I don't understand. But his segment was humorous. And um, it made me laugh. And it was funny to watch him because he's planted a lot of things. And, of course, he had a marijuana plant. Because I was going to say Snoop Dogg was probably funny. He was probably hiring a kite. He might have been. I don't know. He didn't seem high at all. But he did have a marijuana plant. And he said, I need you to help me plant this this pot plant. And she told him no, which they thought that was very funny. So, so anyway, it's fun. It's fun. I, I, will, I will try to watch it. I do not currently get HGTV, but I might see about it on Hulu. But just so people know, we're not nuts about the tilling. We do have a link to the National Resources Conservation Service that talks about the, the food web of the soil and all that and why you shouldn't till. So we will include a link to that in the show notes. Plus, you don't have to double dig and all that stuff anymore. It's, oh my it's hard, hard work. And gardening is hard enough. So our garden commissions are not to do anything too hard this week. That is correct. <laughs> So we, but I did want to make a point last week, we told people that you were going to talk about Wakefield pottery. Oh, did we? I forgot all about that. And so I looked it up and that is some gorgeous looking pottery, D. Yeah, he, he trained under uh, Guy Wolf. You could tell that was beautiful. And I'm like, hmm, wonder what I need. (laughs) So I asked for some pieces from Bill for Christmas which really means I went online and bought the pieces and said, Bill, this is what you're giving me for Christmas. And he said, great. So I love Wakefield pottery as much as I love Guy and Ben Wolf's pots, which 
I broke a Ben Wolf pot this week and I cried tears because they're kind of expensive, but they're kind of very expensive. We will include a link to Wakefield Pottery just from the sheer goodness of our hearts. We get absolutely nothing for promoting it. No, nothing. No. So just like, you know, if we pique somebody's interest in really, really pretty and kind of expensive pottery, there's a link. So what? And there's a there's an Instagrammer um, gardening in New Jersey, gardening in NJ, um, and she makes me laugh because she loves Wakefield and Guy Wolf too, and of course she lives a lot closer because Connecticut's closer to her than me. But um, anyway, she has a lot of pieces, and I noticed them in her Instagram, and so we ended up talking about it. And she told me about the Wakefield pottery sale. So sometimes out of the goodness of people's hearts, you get a you get a discount which is nice that is nice so my garden commission i think i'm just going to make a thorough pass through my house plants more than a splash of water and just kind of really inspect and make sure that everything is good right and i did stop watering my amaryllis way back at the end of august beginning of september and on a couple of them all the foliage has died back so i may Take some of those and start watering them again to see if they will start growing and produce a bloom for the holidays. I tried that, and the two I saved back did not this year. They made leaves again, so I didn't leave them long enough. I should have written the date down, but that's okay. Hmm. Well, we'll see. It's my own fault. I bet it'll work for you because you waited longer. So that's our garden commissions this week. Oh, and I'm going to go pot up those Irish reticulata and stick them out in the cold frame. We're really getting kind of lazy in the wintertime already. <laughs> it's okay. We're allowed. Wait, your other commission was, did you, oh, wait, never mind. You said about the irises, right? I did. Okay. I did. All right. You were daydreaming. No, yeah, I was daydreaming about those amaryllis and how pretty they're going to be. Maybe I'll go buy some wax amaryllis. I, I saw at Sam's Club, they had a thing with three wax amaryllis. And it was only like 20 bucks. I'm like, oh, awesome. I should have got that when I should have got it when I saw them, but I'll go back and they'll be gone. Oh, well. Well, I might run down there after we get off. I could always <laughs> use another amaryllis, especially a waxed one, because then I don't have to do anything except for set it on the table. Exactly. So, anyway, <laughs> we want to thank everyone for listening to The Garden Angelist. If you like our podcast, please tell your friends about us. Also, hit that subscribe button because you don't want to miss an episode. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, we'd love a five-star review. That helps us get noticed by others. Yes, and be sure and check out our show notes for links for more information about today's topics, plus links to our own websites. And if you want to help support us, use the affiliate links. If you buy something after clicking through on one of those, we earn a small commission and it costs you nothing. It was lovely to chat with all of you over the Garden Gate today. Bye until next week. Bye, everybody.